Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. This week, I'm so excited to talk about Furnace Fest 2020 with Chad Johnson. I could barely hit record before Chad just started talking about the festival. Uh, that's why there's no intro to the show this week, just our theme song. Um, we had such a fun conversation about what brought Furnace Fest back to life, the differences in doing it in 2020 as opposed to the year 2000, the bands, uh, just the excitement behind bringing Furnace Fest to life once again. I could have talked to Chad for probably another hour about Takehold Records, his time at Tooth & Nail, Come & Live Records, all of which Chad has put out and worked with tremendous bands over that time period. Unfortunately, we didn't get to. I had some time constraints, a little behind the scenes. My son did not nap, and so um, I didn't have as much time to chat as I would have liked to, but maybe we'll do a part two with Chad sometime and talk about all his record label experience. But Chad is really excited. I'm really excited. I know a lot of people who listen to this show are really excited about Furnace Fest 2020 and the amazing lineup that they put out. And I'm super stoked to present this conversation with Chad Johnson. It's been a bit of a crazy week, you know. I feel feel quite a bit of pressure um, that we've put on ourselves uh, to, uh, you know, to essentially get this whole thing locked in and announced by the fifth of February. And so it's just kind of like, ugh, it's like some <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm like, wait, why? That you know, we still have at that point, we'll still have more than seven months, you know, why, why did we think we needed to do this so early? But, but now it's like a issue of sticking to our word, you know, it's like we said we were going to do it. So now it feels weird to be like, Hey guys, never mind. We're, we're waiting till April now. That's, uh, <laughs> we already, you know, we already get enough fire festival, uh, remarks as it is. So <laughs> no need yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, inherit some more. You know, you have, you have people really excited for uh, for Furnace Fest again, and um, it really started with that first announcement of Beloved. Um, I, I imagine they talked a little bit about it on the labeled podcast they did, but what was it like getting them to reunite to come back to do Furnace Festival? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, thanks. It was. Um, I think. I think to, for me, time that I had reached out to dusty and beloved it was my way of of kind of seeing whether there was any hope for furnace fest uh, for this this like 20th birthday party event uh and i i personally at that point did not have a whole lot of um optimism myself just because i i had talked to a lot of friends who were telling me that you know the the current um, kind of marketplace for, for heavy music festivals is really challenging. Um, and the, it's, you know, it's just like when something's been gone for as long as Furnace Fest has, 
um, I don't know, it's hard, it's really hard to gauge whether anybody would even care, let alone say, yeah, we'll do it. So, so to me, Beloved was one of those, like, okay, if, if there's any band that I would like to see at Furnace Fest personally, that I feel a very strong, um, kind of like kindred sense of, of connection to, then it would have to be Beloved. And so I'll just start there, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and in some ways, it's. I, I guess maybe I've learned a few tricks um, working in the music industry. But you know, bands bands are made up of guys who who usually like um, other bands, and so <laughs> especially bands that uh, that only put out one or one and a half records and then disappeared. And and then even more so really good bands that put out one and a half records and then disappeared. Um, so there was a part of me that said, okay, well, if beloved says yes, they haven't been around in 15 years. If they say yes, then, then, uh, then it's kind of like, you know, like there's blood in the water, you know, you can pull out the sharks at that point. You're good. So <laughs> that may be a really horrible analogy to, uh, to, to share, you know, the secrets of how we've gotten all these other bands, but uh, I do think that Beloved was kind of my, like, uh, like if Beloved says yes, then I think we'll begin to pull on the heartstrings of a lot of other people, including artists that, we, that we'll really need um, to back this up, because if, if you build it with artists, then I think everyone else will come. It's, it's, but yeah, so, so, I was surprised. I was genuinely shocked when when Beloved was like, "We'll do it." I was like, "No way!" I thought they were messing with me, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's and that's why we've tried to make we try we started with them. We tried to make it a big splash about them. We've done the the exclusive bundles just for them. You know, like it's it's just trying to trying to honor them for being the first band that said yes, and in many ways, the band that's helping us bring in the the from autumn to ashes the uh you know a lot of these uh, Isaiah's, the hopes falls a lot of these other the code sevens a lot of these bands that that maybe wouldn't have been nearly as excited if we were just like you know we have we have uh i don't want to name names to offend anybody but you know we maybe if we had just gone for more modern modern day bands that that you would be a little more likely to see on a festival lineup yeah Right, right. If you just had like the current lineup of like some bands from Rise or on Solid State or something, it's not nearly as flashy or sexy as uh, Beloved and and Cave In, right? Like, yeah, yeah, and that's. I think that's the that to me that it was like it it had the Furnace Fest for a one time resurrection of of the old monster that was Furnace Fest. Um, I feel, I felt like it had to have at least a majority of, of artists from that time frame, from between 2000, you know, maybe even a little bit before 2000, but basically um, late 90s, early 2000s. And um, and it's been correct, man. It's been so fun, so encouraging to watch this come together. You know, like when when bands like Hot Water Music and Mineral and Cave In and Converge are all like, we'll do it. It's like what, like where? what year is it and how in the world have we convinced these people to do this? You know, like this, I don't think we'll ever be able to top this. And, um, and I, but I, that's the idea, you know, like it's, it's a going away present to a festival that, uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a coming back to and a going away from a festival that, that I think meant a lot to, to many of us. So 
yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah. What made you want to uh, do Furnace Fest one more time? Uh, it really was my friend Johnny Grimes, who's one of the four partners. So, so from a kind of like a business standpoint, Furnace Fest is um, four four different guys who all have a passion and a connection to the festival. Uh, so thankfully, it's not just me trying to pull it all off because it, it is requiring way more time and energy than, than I ever thought it would. But um, uh, but one of the guys, um, Johnny, has been, I would say, consistently heckling me every time I'd see him in Birmingham, like, dude, let's do Furnace Fest. It'd be fun. And I I just would be like, no way, man. It's, it is so much work, so much energy, so much financial risk. Um just like, nah, let's pass. And, and then a couple of years ago, he said, hey, man, 2020 is going to be the 20th anniversary of the first Furnace Fest. What if we do this one-time thing? And, and I, I guess when I heard the the year 2020, the one of the first thoughts was, it's that's that's quite a 20 years is a long, a long ways away from where this thing started. And there's a lot of people that I used to see every year at Furnace Fest, only at Furnace Fest, that I now haven't seen for 16 or 17 years. And, man, like, I might never get the chance on planet Earth to see them again. And so that that was actually, that was probably the most um, inspiring kind of aspect to this, was like, man, what if what if this was the last chance that I get to give someone a hug that, uh, that and I don't I don't mean that in a morbid sense. I just kind of mean that in a reality that we're all getting older, and um, and I don't know that people who might come up from Florida or come down from New York or from all over the world, um, I don't know if we'll be in the same space again um, in this life. And so uh, so that to me that was like okay. And especially as I as I thought about bands, I was like man, if 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 we could pull Stretch Armstrong, if we could pull Beloved, which which stretch is still someone we're working on. I wish I could tell you, do we've confirmed stretch. It's awesome. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we're still waiting for stretch. And, uh, um, but you know, like it's, it's fun regard, even the bands like the chariot that so many people wanted or a Norma Jean bless the martyr album, you know, it's like all, all these, these kind of like cool ideas that people wanted, uh, that I wanted have, have been fun, to revisit even when they haven't always worked out the way I had hoped they would. And um, I, I've just been like, man, it's, 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 it's so cool to reconnect with a bunch of old friends about some crazy ideas. And then, and then sometimes they stick. And Beloved is, is an example of that. This week's episode was Chris from Few Left Standing talking about like you just texting him at random and being like, oh, maybe we could play a show again. And that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're another, they're another example of, I think, you know, people have, we many times have seen comments come through say, how, you know, how are you guys doing it? How are you pulling all these crazy bands in and getting all these reunions? And, and I, I would have to say that it happens, it's been happening probably with three, um, four, maybe three, three or four reasons, but, but the primary one is relationship and it's, it's a whole lot easier because of relationships that have existed to reach out directly to a band like Beloved or a band like Few Upstanding and say to them directly, we'd like, we're going to do this. We'd like for you guys to be a part of it. Um, and then I, I think, I think the second really strong point is history and Furnace Fest 
does thankfully have a lot of history. Um, and, and then I think the the third the third one is um, uh, is may, maybe that kind of uh, I don't know I guess nostalgia would sort of be classified under under history, but uh, but I think it is just that coming together, you know, like hey, there's we're going to basically do a family reunion. Who's available? And I think I think when we presented it that way, it was it made it more personal and less of a a you know, big event out in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of bands you've never played with before, but you guys would be cool to have. It really was. Let's try to build this thing out from a from a family point of view. That's cool. One of the things I love about the lineup for this year, and one of the things I've always loved about Furnace Fest is just the blending of artists, whether across genres, but most importantly, across scenes. I, I think Furnace Fest, if I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it was one of the first festivals to really kind of integrate the the mainstream and the Christian scenes together and just have it just be this big music uh, scene uh, where bands like Zayo and Norma Jean were playing alongside Shai Halud and uh, Boy Sets Fire. Was that something intentional when you started the festival or was it just like, I, I just want the bands I want? Well, yeah, no, it was definitely intentional. Uh, and I also one of the bands I wanted, but I, at that time I was, I was running a record label called Take Hold Records in Birmingham. And I was, I had just finished, uh, just wrapped up a music venue called Slacker 66. And so a lot of the bands that I had signed to Take Hold, like Under Oath, were bands that I first saw play at my little venue, um, off in like the industrial part of town. And, um, and so really the initial idea for Furnace Fest was what if, what if I could get all of my bands together with a bunch of these other bands that they look up to or, or they like? And specifically, and if you go back and look at some of the early year lineups, most of the take hold records bands are playing right before the biggest bands were playing. Cause in, in my mind, which, now, knowing a whole lot more about music business, um, I realized that this was a dumb idea. But at the time, I had no clue what I was doing. And so I just thought, you know, if Narcissus plays before Hatebreed, then Hatebreed will watch Narcissus. They'll be forced <laughs> to watch Narcissus. And then maybe they'll take him out on tour, you know. Or if Stairwell, you know, plays for right right before a newfound glory then maybe they'll take him out on tour or you know that was basically the the strategy and then on the yeah. on the kind of like christian because because i um i have been and still am an avid follower of jesus uh, that i but i've also been and still am an avid fan of a lot of different kinds of music i just like the idea of of bring of essentially trying to set a table where anyone's invited to take a seat at it and to enjoy what's on the table and just to get to enjoy company and um, being in the same space uh, as other people, even if they might drastically disagree on faith or politics or music or, you know, anything. And so, so yeah, that's, that's actually been, uh, I feel like that's actually been one of the, the more important aspects for me personally about Furnace Fest. Although, uh, these days things are so different than they were 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago it was very rare for a quote-unquote Christian band to tour with a 
with a band that definitely was not Christian. Whereas now it said the lines are kind of blurred, it seems. And, um, but yeah, that was, that was definitely, I remember back in the early days, people were like, wait, strong arm is playing with a Dillinger escape plan. Like do these guys, are they crazy? And, uh, it's, it was fun. I mean, it, it worked and thankfully people had a great time and it was a, a great experience. It worked for sure. Some of, some of the best festival memories that, furnace fest back in the day what led that to ending the festival was that in conjunction with tooth and nail buying out take hold yeah it was i mean it was basically once i moved to seattle the idea of trying trying to put on a music festival that first of all you know furnace fest at one point was kind of like the it was the big marketing push for take hold records so it was furnace fest sponsored by take hold you know had had i been smart with branding and stuff back then, I would have said, Take Hold Records presents Furnace Fest, you know, like that's what you do <laughs> these days. But I didn't know that back then. And so it never, Take Hold was never really that, that widely publicized, which was a really dumb move. But, but anyway, it d- didn't really matter. But, um, it just became really hard. I, I think that, I think 2002, 2002 was the last year that I that I ran Furnace Fest, and I was trying to do that from Seattle, and it was just it's just so hard and fancy. It was I was creating a lot of tension for the Tooth and Nail staff because they're I'm so loud, and the offices were relatively small back then, and so it, when I'm on the phone, it's like everybody knows, everybody can hear everything I'm saying, and so there's no secrets of like, oh, I wonder what Chad's doing today. It's like, well, he had 14 conversations about Furnace Fest, so he's definitely not, uh, you know, not pulling his weight for the label. But um, but then the the final year I sold Furnace Fest um, to uh, to a friend who took it on, and unfortunately that that year. It just didn't. The last year, even though the lineup was crazy, uh, there just a bunch of issues came up. It, it didn't end up going anywhere near, I think, as well as was hoped. Um, and by then, I was in Seattle. The that my friend unfortunately lost a bunch of money, and it just was like, okay, that's the end of that. So. <laughs> Let, let's let's way back up. Uh, what first got you into music? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, hmm. Well, I, man, I, I guess that uh, I guess to way back up um, in the late '80s, I discovered quote unquote rock music. You know, bands like Bon Jovi. And Europe, you know, all these like glam rock bands that were slightly heavier and back then they had long hair and so it was like the most rebellious, craziest. They were basically like the, like the knock loose of today. That, uh, that's how I saw Bon Jovi and all these guys. I was like, they're so crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this is even happening. Um, but, um, 
I think I wanted, I think I've always liked the idea of being a rock star and being on a stage and being able to command an instrument so well that I could play every night and I could sell out arenas and everybody would know who I was and I'd be popular and I'd be, you know, well-respected and all of that. I think, I think that there's something in me that, that kind of always wanted that attention and that recognition. And I think that in God's great sense of humor and ability to pull out, um, the best of us through the worst of times, uh, I think that that I was able to kind of realize that that's that's a really arrogant and prideful um, direction to go into. Th- it really was more about I want want everyone to see how special I am rather than recognizing that I'm already extremely special, regardless of whether anybody ever offers me with that with that title. Um, and uh and but I think the er, that was probably what was early I mean I think early on I just loved listening to, to music and then and then it was kind of that dream of of uh man someday I'm going to be in a rock band and I'm going to be on stage unfortunately I have uh, I have not a musical bone in my body so it was a pretty pretty lousy dream to pursue but and I pursued it for about 6 months and gave up but um uh, but yeah I've always I think I've I I've the, maybe the second passion was always to I like the idea of helping bands. I like the idea of being around people. I actually like people, so that helps. Um, and, um, and yeah, I guess it, I guess it just kind of one thing led to the next, uh, where over time, um, it just, yeah, just kept expanding. So it's, it's wild to, to think back like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. So you took your rock star dream, shelved them, and, uh, started helping bands did you always want to do that via a record label or did you start booking at a club yeah yeah so i didn't i didn't actually start with the with the record label idea i started selling old cds and seven inch vinyl and t-shirts at a at a small christian music venue in birmingham called the crush warehouse and from there i started my own little shop that was that was a really weird combination of old school tooth and nail um, merchandise with skateboards and Star Wars figures. And basically all the stuff that I was into was what that shop was. And um, uh, and then the back uh, opened up into a small venue space where I think capacity would have been, had we actually had a fire marshal come check it out, like we would have been required to. Um, it probably would have held about 80 people, but, Unfortunately, one one Friday night, I was on a family vacation, and a friend was running a Living Sacrifice Embodiment Esoteric show. I think is who it was, and um, somebody, a kid, passed out, and so somebody called nine one one, and nine one one got there and was like, "This is insane. There's like three hundred and fifty people, tiny little space, and this can't be good." And so they ended up calling the fire marshal who of course came out and then promptly shut us down. So that was my, uh, yeah, my short lived experience about, about a year and a half in the, uh, concert business. But, uh, but from that kind of came that the idea for furnace fest and I still did promote a few shows like take hold fests, um, at my church and, and uh, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a whole furnace fest. 2020 is a whole different level than anything I've ever been a part of.
Um, it is by far in the way, by far and away the most, um, uh, let's see, what's the right word? Ambitious. What's that? Yeah, ambitious. That's a great, thank you. I was like expressive. No, it's not really expressive. Yeah, <laughs> ambitious. That's, I think we, you know, I was, I think we all were like, man, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do it right. And it's not going to be cheap, not for us or for the ticket goer. And that's going to be a hurdle that we're just going to have to deal with. You know, we, we knew going into it that people would complain. Um, and, and we felt that, you know, it's like, man, we want to, we want this to be, we want everybody to, to be able to come with this. But in reality, we're working with a really small space, um, based on today's kind of like market and what's possible in today's market. But, um, but yeah, so it's been, it's definitely been ambitious and it's been fun to just, to, to just, say let's dream and if we're just going to dream then should we reach out to strong arm should we reach out to dillinger should we like let's just go through the poster of from 2000 and and, uh see you know who on this poster wants to play again and uh which of these bands do we have the 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 best memories from so yeah Have you guys been surprised by the response to the festival coming back? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, a hundred percent. When we, when we put, I mean, it, I was so scared, man. When we put tickets, when we put the early bird tickets on sale back uh, January first, I was like three days before that, I was losing sleep. I was like, dude, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars that it's going to cost to pull this off, and if people don't step up, then. I don't know, like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Like, we're going to lose so much money and this is great. I was just like, why did I ever say yes? This is a horrible idea. Man, my wife's going to kill me. Like, we're going to have to sell the home. And, you know, it just, like, it was just, it was pretty, it was actually pretty dark. It was, I felt like, so I would try to, like, you know, appease. I would try to pray about it, which didn't really seem to help me, unfortunately. And then I, then I, like, go online and, like, try to do a little Google search or, like, type in furnace fast or like read a couple of comments and someone would be like, Oh, I'm really excited. Like, okay, sweet. At least one person's excited. But, but then when we, we sold out of the, the first batch of, or or the, all the early bird tickets with a ticketing problem in, in less than 24 hours, it was, that was crazy. And I was like, okay, well, if there's a thousand people willing to come, then, uh, then I think we're going to be fine for the rest of it. Once we actually, I think at that point we had announced 24 bands or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been, it's, it has been very humbling, very encouraging to realize how excited everybody else is. And that's just gotten, I mean, we were, I was excited about it. The team was excited about it. But then when you put that together with everyone else's excitement, it's like, we're all, we're all just having fun. You know, I think that's the, that's why people are like, man, you guys are teasing us with the, with the announcements or, you know, you guys are like, 
dropping, you know, this little bit, you know, you're listening to every time I die. What does that mean? You know, that must mean something. And, you know, so we, you know, now it's just become fun. It's like, all right, we're just going to have so much fun with this. And, and, uh, and I think that it's, it's just a pure joy, you know, like, um, and so, yeah, it's great. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely been surprising. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've loved the, uh, the trickle of announcements because it, it builds excitement. It's like, you never know. Is, did, are, is they going to announce like four bands today? Are we getting a big one? So it's exciting. I like it that way. It's kind of fun. I think it's the benefit of having time on our side. You know, if we were, if we were doing Furnace Fest like we once did Furnace Fest, we would have announced everybody all at once because we would have had only like a two month window. But because we've started almost, almost 10 or 11 months before the festival, um, it was like, okay. And it, really what we had originally planned, we were so unsure about the support that we, we had a Kickstarter campaign ready to go that was uh, approved by Kickstarter that has, we shot a video for it. We like, we had all this stuff ready to go. And, and on Black Friday, we were going to launch a Kickstarter with the beloved announcement and be like, you know, Hey, beloved Din. We're not really sure if this is going to work, but if you want to support it, then here's the Kickstarter kind of thing. And then, and then it was like we we, were, we read some article online that said that uh, launching a Kickstarter on on or around the holidays is a horrible idea because people are so distracted and have so much going on um, that we decided to press pause on the Kickstarter. And then once, not until we announced Beloved, did we have any idea that people were anywhere near as interested as they were. And so then we're like, okay, now, now we have to scratch the Kickstarter because now it's just going to be weird that everyone's like, I can't wait. Best festival of the year with one band announced. This is crazy. Hey guys, we're not really sure how this is going to go. Please, please support us on the Kickstarter. It just felt like very, very like, man, we're definitely not listening to anybody. So yeah, it's right, still, right. it still kind of blows my mind. Yeah. What's it been like working with, social media and the internet to promote the festival versus i mean it's it's a blessing and a curse you know the blessing the blessing is that that we have more followers even though on even though our instagram and facebook are are really month only months old and even though we we have a a few more than five thousand followers on both which which by social media standards is nothing but but to think about the original furnace fest that probably pulled around 2,500 people, uh, at, at its top. Like the fact that we already have twice as many people all over the world that are aware of Furnace Fest 2020 than any of the original events. That's insane. And then the, you know, the, I guess the downside is once upon a time, if you wanted a ticket, you went by a CD warehouse and bought it when you were in Birmingham or you called me and, and read your credit card numbers or debit card numbers to me <laughs> over the phone. And then I'd like type it in and like process it through this little janky credit card thing. So, you know, that, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like funny to think about that now, but it's like, we would have had real conversations and I would have been hearing from real people like, dude, I'm so excited about this. Whereas now it, it obviously is all through the internet. And, and, but you know, we had a, we had a major ticketing fiasco the first two hours that we launched um and that was kind of the curse of of the internet it basically was 
pay, we had set up a new account with PayPal to process all of these payments, which we had talked to them. We had told them, hey, on January 1st at 2 p.m., we're potentially going to have hundreds of people buying uh, very expensive tickets to this festival. And uh, they're like, it's fine, no problem, okay. And then I, I remember sitting right where I am right now, uh, looking at my computer. We have our logins, and we're all talking on on, um, on iChat, and we can see the tickets beginning to come in, like one, two, three, four, five, within seconds, and it goes up to 57. And, and we're like, I was like, dude, this is insane, 57 tickets in like two seconds? I can't believe it. Like, I still still was shocked, you know, because I was so afraid that anybody was going to care. And and then um, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And I was like, huh, we're hitting refresh? Like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't understand. There's no, so, wait, there was only 57 people that were in line after all, and they all in the same second, you know, clicked through. And then, and then, like another couple minutes go by, and I'm like, "No, dude, this this is not good." And then we start seeing, you know, my phone starts blowing up, Facebook starts blowing up, and and uh, and at, at that point, we just assume, like, well, maybe there's so many people trying to get these that they're um, that the system crashed or something, and um, or maybe they're all sold out and they haven't, the cart hasn't updated. But intuitively, I knew that there's it takes, you know. It, takes people a couple of minutes usually to go through a processing ticketing processing experience and I was like there's just no way that we sold out a thousand tickets in, in like under a minute that's just I just don't think that's even possible so um, so then we you know immediately get on the phone with with ticketing the ticketing company and we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on and then all of a sudden it's like bad goes to worse and we start seeing people saying you know I was I, I've been charged three times, you know, or I've been, uh, I've been doing, I've been doing this or that or whatever. And, um, my, my, you know, it still didn't get tickets. And, and then it was just like, wait, what, how, like people are being charged multiple times. What's going on? And so basically in the end, realizing that, that you were able to go to the ticketing site for a while while, while tickets were there and click that you wanted to buy a ticket, which the ticketing company sends a message to PayPal saying, hey, we got this credit card. Uh, it's good to go. We got a ticket for them. And then PayPal received the order. But then because that PayPal was seeing so many orders come through, they just they just immediately shut us down and just were like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're, <laughs> we're shutting it down. But instead of shutting it down and then, and then like de- declining everyone's orders, they, they PayPal was willing to receive the money and then send like immediately send it back but it was just like wait what in the world like who does this um i i feel like i once upon a time had a lot of respect for paypal and that that's completely gone but um i i think that uh man i just i'm grateful that people were so patient with us and so kind and and that was but i mean that you know i think that was kind of like my worst nightmare you know it's like dude people have already compared furnace fast to fire fast and I, I think it's, I think it's actually kind of hilarious. And I think for good reason, people should compare any, any quote unquote new festival that, especially that has the, the word fire or furnace or anything related to it. So I get it. I think it's funny. And uh, I'm definitely laughing at every single, um, parody post that I see. But as a promoter and all of a sudden it, you're like getting emails from people like I was just charged 14 times. 
and now I have no money in my account, and I don't know how I'm going to buy groceries. It was just like, and the refund hasn't come back yet. It's just like, oh, man, dude, this is this is how you lose it, you know? This is how you lose a festival and uh, burn so many bridges um, at, at day one. And so, thankfully, we were able to figure it out within a couple hours and, and get everybody reimbursed and deal with everything. But, man, that was, yeah, that was definitely not a fun uh, a fun experience. Yeah. Speaking of fun internet things, though, we got the uh, the change dot was the change dot org uh, petition to bring strong arm. Uh, to yeah, the yeah. Were you were you, were you the uh, organizer of that? Is that all you? I was not the organizer of that, but I did sign. But uh, <laughs> I thought maybe you're going to disclose to all the listeners that you were the strong arm petition guy. Oh, I wish I wish I'd thought of that. That's that's genius. I'd, I I. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if that moves the needle, but it's it's hilarious. It's it's so great. Um, yeah. People- it, well, it's yeah, it's it's a hard. I mean, on strong arm, it's a hard one because for a lot of these bands, they were still banned up until even Beloved was a band up until 15 years ago. For strong arm, I mean, they haven't been a band since like '99 or something, '98, and then. Yeah. Their reunion was at Furnace Fest 2000, so it's like they, if they were to play, they're they're playing a 20th reunion of the reunion. So <laughs> it's like so, you know, it's like so long, so many years that that uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably be a little like, hmm, like I don't know, should we really do this? Like this is crazy. So I don't know what's going to happen on on that front, but um, it is still it is still a conversation. And, um, that's, uh, and so that's great. It's not, it's not been, it's been through quite a few iterations of, um, you know, whether there's any hope and uh, I'd say there is still hope, but it's, it's kind of at this point, I don't know. I've just kind of, I've just kind of had to say, you know what, there's there someday maybe, uh, we'll release the list of bands that we approached that for one reason or another, were not able to do this, um, uh, or the bands that we thought about that that um, that we didn't end up uh, approaching in the end, and so it, it'll be pretty crazy. But um, but you know, it's I just I've had to admit that there there will be some bands that won't be at Furnace Fest 2020 that I really had hoped would, and and I have to stay focused on all the positives and not just some of the negatives that that were uh, the letdowns, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Matt Traxler, and he said Branston couldn't make it work. I know. That's a perfect example. You know, Branston would have been great. They're on that Furnace Fest 2000 poster in my office, and I see it every day, and it's like, man, how hard can it really be to practice for a few <laughs> days and come do this? You know, come on, guys. But, uh, but you know, then, then I have to realize and remember that everybody has lives and priorities, and I, I have to respect and honor uh, the decisions of others, even if they're not the ones that I would have liked them to make. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's but uh, yeah, it is crazy. Wishing you the best of luck. I hope you 
for people who are listening and maybe maybe um, wondering, you know, people who are on the fence, I guess I would just say that our that the way that we've approached this is January first, we put the early birds on sale. They sold out. The next round of tickets go on sale. The the final round of tickets go on sale uh, on February 5th. And our hope and what we're trying to do is win anybody who's still on the fence. So when I see a comment for a band like Mineral and someone says, okay, now I have to go, I'm like, dude, you are exactly who we were targeting. That was the idea because I know – I know, again, I know, I know what we're asking. I know we're asking a lot. I know that, that to travel, it's expensive to travel, expensive to Airbnb or hotel, it's expensive to get into the door, it's expensive to eat, to drink beer, like all that stuff adds up. I get it. But I think that what we're offering is such a unique and such a special event that hopefully by the time the tickets go on sale, people are like, dude, you could have charged more for this. And, and, uh, like, you know, I was on the, I was on the fence, but now I'm not. So, <laughs> so now I guess that, yeah, yeah, I guess that's my, that's my pitch. <laughs> yeah. Infernusfest2020.com. That's, I guess that's where people should go. If they're curious about more. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening.